No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. A man and a woman lived in a tropical paradise in total bliss until the day they sinned against God and everything changed. Today, Pastor Daryl continues in Genesis chapter 3. Hope you'll join us for Simply the Bible. Today we come to what many consider to be the most important chapter in the Bible. It tells us how a creation that God declared to be good became evil. It explains how man who was created for fellowship with God became alienated from God. It accounts for the conflict between husband and wife. It tells the story of how life became hard and then we die. But it also lays the groundwork for the Redeemer, the second Adam, who would ultimately restore all that Adam lost through sin. We pick it up in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. At this point, the serpent was not like the snake crawling in the dust that we know today. Although we're not told what it looks like, the indication is that it was created with limbs as other animals, but far more cunning. We also know that in Revelation 12, Satan is called the serpent of old. Somehow, he took possession of this creature and used it for his purpose. We know from Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28 that prior to his rebellion, Satan was the anointed cherub. He was called Lucifer, which means day star. But because he wanted to be like the Most High, he fell from heaven. God permitted him to be in Eden. How fitting that we would find him hanging around the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, peddling the forbidden fruit, having been cast away from God's presence because of sin, he was eager to draw mankind into the same rebellion. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Satan begins the temptation by questioning the word of God. Did God really say? The devil is always casting doubts on God's word. He knows that if he can get us to doubt the word of God, then it won't be long before we turn from it. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden... God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Eve begins conversing with Satan, which is always a dangerous thing to do. Now, God said that they shouldn't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but he never said that they shouldn't touch it. Eve added this part, which may have seemed wise to her to keep her distance, but it was the origin of legalism. God warns us, neither to add to nor take away from his word. If we add to his word, then we will put a stumbling block before someone else. We will heap burdens upon others that they cannot carry. And by the way, it just doesn't work. 
verse four. Then the serpent said to woman, you will not surely die. The devil questions the word of God, then denies the word of God. God said that in the day they ate of it, they would surely die. But Satan says, you will not surely die. The devil is continually lying to mankind, contradicting God's word, telling people that they can sin with impunity. But God said that the wages of sin is death. Verse 5, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Notice the progression. The serpent begins by doubting the word, then denying the word, and finally defaming God's character. In effect, the devil said, God is withholding something good from you. He doesn't want you to become like he is. He doesn't want to share. He doesn't want you to experience evil. Truly, Adam and Eve could enjoy anything and everything they could desire in this tropical paradise. But the serpent made it seem like the most desirable thing was the one thing they couldn't have. And why couldn't they have it? Because God was being selfish. He didn't want them to experience what he experienced. If only they would take a bite of this fruit, they would experience enlightenment. And they would be like gods themselves. No longer would they be innocent and ignorant. Now they would know good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. Having rejected the word and distrusting the God who gave it, Eve was now taken captive by her own senses. The fruit appealed to her appetite. It was pleasing to her eyes and it appealed to her mind. Surely something so satisfying on every level couldn't be bad. So she took of the fruit and ate and she gave it to her husband and he ate. The woman was deceived, but the man transgressed the word of God. He would rather be with his woman than obey his God. Now, everything changed. They had entered through a one-way door and there was no turning back and no way out. They had entered the world of evil. The Apostle John wrote in 1 John 2.15, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. It is interesting that Satan used these same three temptations with Eve, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. He also used them in the wilderness with Jesus Christ. But where Eve and Adam yielded to temptation and sinned, Christ resisted temptation and was righteous. Verse 7, then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Their eyes were opened, 
but not in the way the serpent had promised. Rather than experiencing a new age of enlightenment, being like God, they knew that they were naked and experienced guilt and shame. And what was their first response? They covered themselves. They sewed fig leaves together in a crude attempt to hide their nakedness and shame. This is the origin of religion. Seeking by our own good works to cover ourselves. We chuckle at the thought of fig leaves covering their nakedness, but it is just as ridiculous to think that we can cover our moral nakedness before a holy and righteous God by our own good works. All our good works are as flimsy fig leaves. Verse 8. Then they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. How tragic it was that man who was made a son of God was now afraid of God, afraid to come into his presence, afraid to be exposed. Sin results in fear and hiding out from the God who loves us. But God wants to have fellowship with you. Jesus said in Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. But how many are hiding out, afraid to invite Jesus inside, afraid of how he might redecorate their lives? You know, it is the devil who wants to destroy your life through sin and alienate you from the Father. But it is Jesus who would give you life and that more abundantly. Verse 9. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? This was really the first game of hide and seek. But notice who is doing the hiding and who is doing the seeking. The Apostle Paul wrote in Romans 3.11, There is none who seeks after God. We don't seek God. He seeks us. Jesus said, for the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Now, if a news correspondent happened to interview Adam at this point, I don't think that Adam would have said that he felt lost, naked, afraid, ashamed, but not lost. But he was lost in the eyes of the father lost to sin, and lost spiritual death. God knew what Adam had done, but still he was seeking him. Likewise, God seeks every lost sinner that man has written off. Verse 10, So Adam said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? It is interesting that it wasn't God who told Adam that he was naked, but his own conscience. Before violating their conscience, Adam and Eve were naked but unashamed. But now their conscience testified against them, accusing them that they were naked and unfit before God. While innocent, they had been free, free to roam the garden free to fellowship with God, free to eat to their heart's content, free to enjoy the pure love between them. But now they were prisoners of their own guilty conscience. 
God obviously knew what Adam had done, but he wanted to hear it from Adam's lips. The word confess means to agree with. Before there can be forgiveness, there must first be confession. And because God loves us, he draws it out of us. Where are you today in your relationship with God? Are you enjoying fellowship with him in the cool of the day? Or are you hiding out, afraid to face him? Do you feel naked and ashamed trying to cover your guilt with your own good works? Or are you resting in the finished work of the one who died for all your sins? We have only known a world of sin and death. We never lived in Eden. But there is a better world coming where there is righteousness and everlasting life. If you have lost your way, there is one who is seeking you. He is the good shepherd. And he leaves the 99 sheep to pursue the one. Has he found you and made you his own? If not, then I would encourage you to call upon the name of Jesus while he is still knocking at your door. For the Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. They meet Sunday mornings at 1030 at Pepperidge Elementary School in Boise. To listen to any of Pastor Daryl's teachings or to find out more about the church, go to their website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. Join Pastor Daryl tomorrow as he continues in the book of Genesis by looking at the terrible results of the fall, but also the amazing mercy on the horizon.